Blog Talk Radio. That's 
Fantastic, fantastic. And, um, you know, we, uh, well, listen, you know, we have a big, I'm so glad you joined us. We've missed you. Yeah, I've missed you, too. I've just been, like, mad busy. Yeah, and, well, we have, this is a huge show for us because we get two for the price of one today with two of a kind. I love that. And uh, we, we got to give them, let's give them a, the proper introduction. Here we go. A little, little fanfare for both of them. Here we go. <laughs> Radio, two of a kind. Welcome, two of a kind. I, I'm sorry, I hope you have your applause machine because I don't. If you give them a little fanfare, just a little like applause. A, just like a pair of a jokers or a pair of aces. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no we're not talking polka, Enzo. Oh, Are you there, okay. David and Jenny? Uh, David and here. Jenny for two of a kind. Hey, David hey, and Jenny. There you go. Hey, Well, we're so happy to we're so happy to have you here. We had so many near misses, and now it's finally happened. And you know Patricia. Yes, yes. we do. For many years. Hi, Patricia. Hey, you guys. So glad you're on the show. Us too. Hey, yeah, we're sorry yeah, that hey, we Patricia, were. Hey, just... Patricia, help me out a little bit. Give me your relationship with Patricia. You know, with. Uh, David and Jenny, and how all that happened, and how they got their start, and I'm going to let you work a little bit. Well, I don't mind. I mean, for all that I'm getting <laughs> to do some work. Uh, no, Jenny and David are a husband and wife team out of the Philadelphia area, and we met many, oh, I could even say decades ago, perhaps. Uh, uh, I think good. Uh, yeah, through the Children's Music Network, which is a fabulous organization for anybody who's interested in music for kids. And David and Jenny are performers and songwriters and educators and musicians and uh, so much more. They also work to help promote, uh, you know, wonderful positive social music, uh, music for social causes, and to put forth positive values. And everybody should check out their music. They're wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, I had an absolute – I was up till late last night going through album after album – I was amazed at how prolific you guys are and how how fantastic. I mean, what a variety and uh, a lot of funny stuff, a lot of uh, poignant stuff, but uh, very impressive. And you've won so many awards, too. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, when Patricia was saying all those nice things about us, I was thinking that in a lot of ways, Patricia and her husband, Stephen, are like two of a kind with us. You know? <laughs> We're four of a kind. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Nice, nice stuff. And, Tom, uh, you know what I was thinking, since it is July 5th, might you be able to cue up their song, Red, White, and Blue? Because well, you know, well, we were, we're, we're kind of a little one step ahead of you, because that's the first song that, um, that David <laughs> told me to, to, to line up. He said... Uh, we really are two of a kind. Really? <laughs> exactly, you share one brain. No. You and David can have a quarter, and Stephen and I will each share a half a brain. 
If I do that, I only have okay. a quarter of a brain left. <laughs> okay, so here it is. Let's get to music right away. Red, white, and blue. Is that the one you want? Perfect. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, here we go. Got it lined up. Beautiful. Look right here. Patricia, you know, listen, ask, you know, do you know a little bit about their instrumentation there? Because that's just amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're so much fun live. They wear these big, tall hats like Dr. Zeus' uh, cat and hat hats. And uh, Jenny plays uh, djembe. Jen- Jenny, is that what that is, a djembe? I play the djembe and the cajon, which is like a box drum. And right. she even played cajon on the red, white, and blue. Oh, song I did. Recently. I played yeah. the cajon, but not on, on the recording. Not on that recording. When I when we do it live, I play the cajon, and it kind of sounds 
uh, sort of like a drum kit, even though it's, you know, not exactly, but it's, and it's also much more portable yeah. and easier to play. <laughs> and David, wow. I'm bass. David actually played bass for me at a Children's Music Network conference uh, any number of times. And um, so, and they both sing, and they both harmonize, and you both write, yep. is that right? Yep, we both write. That song, actually, it's funny, we were just performing at a camp uh, yesterday. Was it yesterday yeah. or the day before the day yesterday? before yesterday. Yeah, the Friends Central Camp in uh, Wynwood, Pennsylvania. And um, I realized when we were on stage that I had written that song in like 1992 at that camp when wow. I was working there as music guy. <laughs> and uh, I wrote it because we were coming up on July 4th and they had this, you know, special Independence Day theme week. And I was feeling kind of dissatisfied with the possible songs to sing for that uh, with kids. Um, you know, I liked to sing This Land Is Your Land with all the verses and uh, Phil Oaks, The Power and the Glory. But, you know, I was looking for a, a new song. And, and to be totally honest, right at that moment, there had just been a Supreme Court decision I was not too happy about. So, And maybe that's come around again. Uh, so I, I was trying to wait, find a way to channel some of my feelings into an appropriate way for a song for kids, and I hope I did it. Uh, and mainly I thought to do that by asking questions. You know, So I didn't really want to tell kids what to think about this country, but to, to maybe say, you know, what does America mean to you and those kinds of ideas. Well, that and when we, I'm sorry. Go when ahead, we Jen. go into studio, we get lots of other musicians to come in with us and uh, and help us make the song really fill out the songs. And the brilliance, yeah, I like the harmony. Got, yeah, yeah, the brilliance yeah, exactly. Good. good. Well, Enzo's our voice expert, so exactly what I was going to say, Enzo. Ah. Yeah. No. The. How many um, how many other uh, people doing you know voice on that as well? Uh, there's not too many other voices on that. Although we did have a chorus of kids. Okay, um, yeah, but, that's what we heard. Yeah, but like Jenny said, there's you know saxophone and electric guitars and bass and drums and all that kind of stuff. So you know we we when we perform live, occasionally we get to have a whole band, but more often it's just the two of us. But when we record a song, like Jenny said, we, we like to fill it out, you know, because people can listen to it over and over, and we want it to sound as good as it can. Yeah, yeah what I great. Wanted, I mean, what I ahead, wanted to, uh, about the songwriting is that a, a brilliant song doesn't tell the listener what to think or how to feel. Um, it, a, a song that makes you feel and think leaves it up to the listener to make their own judgments. And that particular song doesn't take a, doesn't take a hard and fast point of view. It leaves it up exactly. to the listener. And, it, exactly. you know, it's it into history. And, I mean, I just think it's a brilliantly written song. It's beautifully produced, wonderfully um, performed. Stephen and I do that song. Did you know that, you guys? Yeah, I was going to ask you that because I thought that was a song of ours that you do, which, you know, there's almost, there, there, there's almost nothing a songwriter likes more than for people that they respect to cover their songs. So thank you, Patricia. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Check in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Enzo. Always thinking about the important things. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, well, first of all, hey, Patricia, you're going to like me for this. Our guest call-in number is 347-996-3903. We got that out of the way in 15 minutes. It usually takes us an hour to figure that one out. 
But also, let's get the uh, websites. Uh, so we'll let our guests uh, give their website. It's amazing. I can't believe you got this URL. This is just uh, a story in <laughs> itself. Go ahead. What is it? Well, our website is uh, twoofakind.com. And uh, you have to spell out the two, T-W-O, in that. Uh, Kathy O'Connell of Kids Corner likes to point out that, you know, with, with no capitals, it looks like T-Woof-A-Kind. But um, <laughs> we, were, we were kind of on the early end of getting a website um, in, in our field, and um, so we were lucky, and we were able to get that. And for a while, when Mary-Kate and Ashley Olson had a TV show, which we have never actually seen, uh, called Two of a Kind, uh, there were quite a few preteen girls who would write us oh. thinking we were. Um, <laughs> you send them a fashion tips. <laughs> they must have not had the images loading on their computer because it should have been pretty obvious, but I don't know. Uh, but anyway, we, we kept hoping that maybe, you know, whatever station ran that show would, like, contact us and try to give us millions of dollars for the domain name. But I, I think one time they offered us maybe $10, but uh, we said no. So. <laughs> Well, it was uh, it was it's it's really I like I looked at it and said how did they ever pull that off? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we were lucky. Well, and when we yeah. and we, we got, when we got our our uh, website, David had a friend from college who was getting into website design, and he said, "I'll design your website for a dollar." <laughs> wow. Site was designed for a dollar. Now that's no longer the design that, you know, as you know, well, you have uh, to up. But and we're sure, kind of in sure. need of an update. But but they, uh, uh, yeah, that was a pretty good deal. <laughs> you know, well, Patricia, why don't let's hear let's hear your website. Let's hear about your website so we get that out of the way. It's just my name www.patricia, P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A, Last name is she, spelled S as in Sam, H-I-H, so it's patriciashe.com, easy. Yay. All right. Well, there's a couple of themes. I'm going to drift a little bit from the straight-ahead message and celebration, but this happens, especially this time of year. I absolutely love this song, (laughs) and I feel that it's going to be a lot of people are going to have this kind of food uh, this weekend, you know, for all of the barbecues and thing, and some some aunt from somewhere is going to bring in her favorite, and <laughs> let's just play it because it's a blast. We can talk about it afterwards. Here we go. <laughs> Description divide. 
crowned with melted cheese. With such a hit that's culture night, we ask no seconds, please. Now you must try her hot dog pie with candied mushroom slices. Those ladies who reside last year, they just don't know what nice is. But my lime jello marshmallow cottage cheese surprise. I did not steal that recipe. Was that Jenny? 
no, no, no. <laughs> that was me. And we got uh, our friend Justin to play the piano. He sometimes is part of our band when we have a bigger band. Right. And all I did was play bass. Ah, yeah. I love it. Uh, love uh, it. Jenny, you can actually see Jenny uh, doing that live on YouTube. Oh, yes. Um, and, then, and then you'll be convinced that it really was her doing it. Are you in costume <laughs> or are you in your normal everyday appearance? I usually put on a very fancy hat and some gloves. Some white gloves. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm going to see that today. She does look oh, good in the video, but she's wearing the vest that we usually wear, so it's a combination. It's a little odd, it's yeah. Kind of all but in... that's okay for that time. Yeah, right. I think it's all right that it's odd. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, my image always comes from the uh, the Saturday Night Live times with the church lady. and. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just just uh, fabulous. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> one of my favorite scenes of all times is the uh, planes, trains, and automobiles with, God rest his soul, John Candy, who was an absolute genius and just a love. And that scene when Steve Martin has finally had it, and he's fallen, he's looked for his car in the parking lot, and he slid into the snow, and he comes into the back to the rental lady, uh, do you all remember? We can't say what happened, but he uh, finally bursts loose with his feelings, and it's just a beautiful. How that woman ever kept her, you know, I don't, I can't imagine how many takes they took on that scene. Uh, but do you know the scene? Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe it's in the uh, gag or the deleted scenes. <laughs> <laughs> and I can just see that woman as as a lady who would make lime jello <laughs> a surprise. Yeah. Fabulous. Well, it, it, having grown up in the Midwest, it definitely reminds me <laughs> of. There like, you go, Enzo. What do you say? But, scoozy. Scoozy, scoozy. I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead, Dave. It happens. <laughs> it's hard. With this many people on the phone, we're all stepping on each other a little bit. But, yeah, um, I, I was just saying, having grown up in the Midwest, it, it definitely reminds me of the kind of food that would be at, like, a, a PTO dinner or something, you know, all kinds of unusual uh, combinations. <laughs> well, Enzo is, you know, comes from an, uh, obviously Italian uh, descent. Really? And the Italians, you know, uh, you, I don't think you, I'm sa- I think we can safely say, Enzo, that would never be on an Italian table. <laughs> what about Limoncello? <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm trying to think anything little... in my my cultural food history that's green, and I can't think of anything unless it's been out on the sun for a couple hours or maybe. <laughs> well, listen, there's a great song that I'm leading up to, and because of you know we're talking about the you know <clears throat> the Fourth of July and uh, our country and respect for our country, you you've written and produced an amazing song, but it's so close to one of my favorite songs, Haunting Patricia, your song. I, it, there's so many days that I will wake up and hear the song in my head. I mean, <clears throat> since I've been connected to CMN and all of your amazing talents, it's amazing how what you guys do just gets right into a person's subconscious and probably will stay there forever. And well, we hope. this is one of my favorites that you do, and, it, and it's a total segue to Two of a Kind song. So let's talk about a little respect for the country, and uh, I just love this, especially one line, and we'll talk about it when we come back. But here we go. You know what it is. Here it is. 
job is pick it up, pick it up. Everything has its place. Pick it up, pick it up. Recycle or reuse it. Pick it up, pick it up. We've got to share this thing. Now when you're riding in a car and there's someone up ahead of you and they have got a great big candy bar and they're taking off the wrapper, they throw it out the window. children. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, we did. And then 
And then our name came true, and we had identical twin sons. Fantastic. <laughs> and even when we say that over and over, almost inevitably somebody will come up to us after a concert where we talked about that and made jokes about it and say, so you named yourselves two of a kind because you had twins? Because I think they just <laughs> around the fact that it happened so strangely, but it really did. We really were two of a kind, and then we had twins. So uh, we often joke that we're glad we're not the group called 10,000 Maniacs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure the two can, can turn into 10, which is one of the songs I plan to play. That isn't the exact title, but you've, you've got a fantastic song about of maniacs <laughs> or a nut house, <laughs> but uh, but uh, now how old are your twins? They're 19 now. They just finished their freshman wow. year of college, and uh, they have performed with us for for a number of years. And uh, we miss them in many ways, but including you know musically. And uh, they're still willing to do performances with us for kids or for adults. But it's kind of rare they're that we busy. get to. Yeah, they're very busy. <laughs> yeah, they have yeah, lives. Right, exactly. It doesn't take long, does it? It comes on fast. Well, your song, let's play your song related to this song, and I, I love this just, just as much. Here we go. I was on my way to school one beautiful blue sky day. Finished off my favorite snack, I had the wrapper to throw away. I looked around for a garbage can, but there were none in sight. I threw the wrapper on the ground Out to old Mrs. Pound And she yelled at me with all her might The world is not your garbage can The world is not your garbage can Listen what I say, young man The world is not your garbage can Well, I hung my head and picked up my trash Feeling like an awful fool you know, I found this garbage can when I finally got to school. I was sitting in class when the principal made this announcement on the PA. He said, everyone is going to have some fun and clean up the park this Saturday. Because the world is not your garbage can. The world is not your garbage can. Everybody lend a hand. The world is not your garbage can.
uh, two songs addressing the same topic and so different and so fabulous. I like the percussion in that one. And if the you like and the stick. And if you like those kinds of songs, people also don't know that Jenny and David are fabulous organizers, and they are in charge now of. You want to take it, David and Jenny? Yeah. Well, you mentioned this wonderful organization that we're all a part of, the Children's Music Network, uh, some before, and Jenny and I are the co-chairs of the annual conference that's coming up in September, September 19th through the 21st, and it's going to be in the D.C. area in Leesburg, Virginia, and it's going to be a really wonderful event. And as Patricia said earlier, uh, the Children's Music Network, or CMN, is an organization for anybody who cares about children and music. So it's an organization of teachers, of performers, of songwriters, librarians, parents. It's a big tent uh, kind of a thing for, for all those people and more. Uh, and there will be workshops and uh, performances and a tribute to Pete Seeger and Faith Petrick, uh, the Magic Penny Award, which is the Lifetime Achievement Award of CMN, is, is going to go to Ruth Pelham, who's a wonderful human being, activist, and songwriter. And, uh, and uh, we've been involved with this organization for a number of years. Almost as long as Patricia. Yeah, and pretty <laughs> much when we started doing music for kids, we got involved with this organization. And I don't think it's a lie to say that it has really changed our life. All the people that we've met and the songs that we've learned have really influenced us and how we perform and what we sing about and all that kind of stuff. So it's been really an an amazing group of people to meet. And I want to also mention one special event that's happening at the conference is actually organized by Patricia particularly, and that's a keynote panel. Patricia, do you want to mention a little bit about that? Oh, well, it's going to be somewhat different. Normally, conferences have keynote speakers, but this year we decided to have a panel of three different, um, three different people from three different fields of children's music, and they'll all be discussing, um, you know, where we're going and what they feel uh, is important with, in children's music. So it should be really interesting. Uh, one of the, um, the speakers is going to be Mindy Thomas from uh, XM Sirius. The, the radio station, uh, what's, what's it called, Kids, um, oh, for heaven's sake, just blocked my mind out. What, what's the name of her show? Uh, well, I know she yeah, had I, the show Absolute Bindi for a long time. Um, I'm oh. not sure what the title is, actually. Yes, I'm embarrassed to say it's flown out of my mind. But, Jenny, would you also please give the website address for Children's Music Network? It's cmnonline.org. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can get lots of information about the organization as a whole and also the conference, and you can even register to come to the conference. So hopefully some of the people listening will be interested in joining us for that And there's weekend. even a little music video inviting people to come to the conference. Oh. Well, <laughs> I've only been a member for a few short months, and I am, you know, I'm not a musician, but what I've learned, you know, about production, uh, recording, uh, you know, distribution, sales, uh, it's just for every day there's something new, and, um, and, and it's a healthy, uh, you know, and everything today is, you know, you know, with all of our social media, et cetera, getting so watered down, everything there is, is pithy. I mean, it's just so meaningful, and, and, uh, and it stays right on point. It's just amazing. And what impresses me the most is how cooperative and collaborative as opposed to competitive. Mm-hmm. That's definitely true. I, I think 
I think that's in a lot of ways true of children's music as a field or genre in general. That it, you know, it's it, it is tends to be that people are trying to lift each other up instead of cut each other down. Um, and I think CMN is particularly good about that. And whenever we go, we're inspired. We're you know, our ideas are you know bouncing around, and you know, we just come away from it with a wealth of new songs and uh concepts and activities so it's 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 really uh impossible to overstate how how valuable it is yeah well you know anybody who's involved with children in any way shape or form not just children's music um you know hopefully you want to model the values that you are trying to teach children right otherwise don't you feel like kind of a hypocrite If you are not, you know, behaving in the way that you want to teach children how to behave. Is that a full sentence? But anyway, um, also, Jenny and David, there's another organization or another conference that just happened. Can you speak a little bit about Kindycom? Uh, well, yeah, we just went to the Kindycom uh, conference that was the first of its kind uh, following on the heels of Kindyfest, um, and it happened in Philadelphia, and it was organized by a couple people who do the Kids' Corner radio show on WXPN, um, Kathy O'Connell and Robert Drake. And they did a really wonderful job of organizing it, and there were lots of people there and lots yeah, of energy. Yeah, it was very well attended. Uh, and it was our first time going to one of those kinds of conferences. There was a lot of a lot of networking and meeting people from all over the country, talking about different ways of promoting our music, and then we there were some showcases of wonderful, wonderful music. I would say, you know, Kindycom is very much focused on performers specifically, and um, it's not that people don't get other things out of it as well, but it's got much more of a focus than CMN, which is much more inclusive of people who work in many different ways uh, with children's music. And it was also much more focused on the music business, which will be a significant part of the CMN conference, but it won't be the whole thing. And in this case, it really felt like it was, you know, all about that was the what music it was geared business. For. Yeah. yeah. So it sort of depends on what people are looking for. But both organizations are very uh, vibrant and energetic, and you know, doing lots of great things. Uh, complimentary, would you say? Somewhat, yeah. Although I, I would say some of the things in Kindycom are also included within CMN, so they're overlapping. And I guess I would say more than complimentary. Uh, right. Yes. Said. You know, I think, um, the kindy com. It sounds a little bit like you know a, a, a take or a, <clears throat> at least a, a, a sounding board or a launching pad for what is Comic Con in um, in San Diego this time of year, uh, which is just uh, I, I was an amazing, amazing. I've, I've went a couple of years and I just was blown away. Hundred thousand. Uh, visitors every single day, you know, and of course they feature. I think it may have originally started with comic books, but it became, um, you know, um, a, a venue for you know designer toys and for artists and for books and uh, movies. I mean, and just actually saw Quentin Tarantino there. Customers. What is yeah, um, I should also interesting place for some interesting people dressed in very interesting clothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody comes in costume. Yeah, it's all, well, not everybody, but a huge amount. It looks like the set of a, of a Star Wars movie some days with aliens. I mean, intricate stuff, and there's all kinds of stormtroopers walking through the place. It's really an amazing, amazing convention. Did, did, wow. I bet it is. Mr. Bean, uh, yeah. you know, your mascot go? 
Uh, yeah, we had them there one year. That was the uh, the first year that we just had our prototypes for our toys, and we put them out, and uh, we had lines of kids um, coming around. And uh, I asked the kids because of, sometimes there was confusion about Beantown being associated with Boston, and I asked some um, little 12-year-old surfer kid out there, I said, what do you like about the Bean? He goes, he's just cool. <laughs> I said, it doesn't bother you that he's from Boston? He says, no, he's cool. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really, I just, uh, I'm getting, you know, flashbacks to some of the, the amazing, um, you know, plethora of creativity. It's just uh, from everything, like I said, from toys to uh, artists with their, you know, their, all that beautiful work they do, uh, you know, and you know, with the in, in the gaming industry, I mean, you know, it's just amazing the the industries that have evolved since, since the digital uh, world has has exploded. I mean, the gaming business alone, the digital gaming, is over a hundred billion dollar a year business. And so, when you think of how everything has transformed since the computer, it's just uh, an an amazing uh, movement. Hmm. I wonder if the children's music world can light, you know, get lit on fire like that with 100,000 people coming through. What do you think, Jenny and David? Oh. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. A different kind of conference. <laughs> Maybe you, yeah. you should get a costumes ready now for uh, <laughs> the church lady, the church lady costume. You know, speaking about, let's go. I thought, I just loved this song because it. Uh, it, talk about children's values and, and the, the lessons we're trying to teach. And this was, uh, it's called Pitfalls. And uh, uh, should we talk about it now or, or right afterwards? Uh, well, we could explain a little bit. We, we actually were commissioned to write this song um, by a, um, a couple uh, women who worked in uh, peace education. They had a, a kind of a peace education curriculum um, it was actually a Catholic-based kind of thing west of Chicago, and they had somehow songs and our music, and and were interested in incorporating. Um, no, uh, they, they were interested in incorporating some of our written previously in their curriculum, and they also asked us to write this song. And pitfalls. If you listen carefully, the song you'll hear it. It's an acronym. And it has to do with, you know, the, the different things that get in the way of people getting along. So, um, so this was, a, you know, a song written to order, and uh, we originally recorded a, a home recording of it, you know, kind of a demo thing. It was very uh, techno sort of in the style. And uh, when we decided to include it on a recording, we kind of started with some of the tracks of that, but built around that with mostly live musicians. And I think it ended up with almost nothing of the original recording in the final version, but it was kind of built around it. So it was, it was kind of an interesting process. We'd never done things quite like that before. Well, it's a great song. Let's hear it, and then we can talk a little more, too, as well. Thank you. 
Ah, okay. There must have been somebody else I was thinking of. I'm confusing different Facebook anniversaries. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know something? I I think we have a a caller. Oh, go ahead, Denzel. You do have a caller. I'd like to know how you two started with the children's music. Oh, that is a good question. Well, we we had been doing music together since we first got together, pretty much, or almost Mm -hmm. that far back. And... um, then one of my first jobs out of college was as a music teacher, mostly in elementary schools. And I realized that the things that drew us to doing like folk singer songwriter kind of stuff were even more true and more satisfying in working with children and families. And those things were audience participation uh, and community and caring about the world and making the world a better place. And at that time, which was the late 80s, early 90s, the folk scene was kind of dominated by um, sort of uh, therapy songs, <laughs> hard on your sleeve, you know, <laughs> old personal things, which I have nothing against, but it wasn't really pretty of what we were doing. So, you know, we didn't quite fit in. Um, and in the children's music world, we found both other musicians and audiences, both adults and kids, who cared about the same things we did. So it really... One of the things that I love about performing for kids is they give you this immediate feedback. I mean, you just know right away if you've got them hooked or totally disinterested. And honest, and honest, if they're bored, you will know it. Absolutely. For seniors, and we get the exact opposite. Like yeah. during a program, we'll think, are they liking this at all? Some of them are falling asleep. <laughs> and, and afterwards, they'll come up to us and say how much they liked it. But it's, you have to have that total delayed gratification. And I, I was giving Jenny the up about that thing about kids because that is a thing we definitely love is that immediate response, immediate feedback. If something's not working, we know it right away. Yeah. And if, you know. <laughs> Your, your, children, your two children in college, are, are, are they musical as well? Do they play instruments or sing or write? Or? Yes, yes. Um, our sons both play brass instruments. One of them plays ah. the trombone and the other one plays the French horn. And oh. they all sing. They did, mu- they did uh, instrumental and vocal music all through junior high, high school, and, and performed with us on performed both Performed with yeah. us on both of those. And then now they're... Uh, both going to Oberlin College, and they've been playing in the orchestra there and also singing in an a cappella group. I'm uh, envious. Uh, how doing, beautiful. Just doing music. Yeah. Uh, but do we, have, in music. Do we have a caller, those. Tom? Yes, we Is do. Four one zero. Who do we have? Oh, oh it's Silly Goose. <laughs> I wanted to call <laughs> to say hi to Teddy and David. Hi, Silly Goose. <laughs> And, and you know what? It it was Valerie you were thinking of who's been married for thirty five years or thirty or well, thirty four. Yeah, that's right. Well, silly goose, it's so great to have you. Did you have a good fourth? I had a terrific fourth, although I was a little frightened, a little frightened of all those big dangy, 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 noisy things. They scared it at me. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that you were grounded for the day and didn't fly much. No, 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 no. I didn't fly, but I ate. I, I, I ate a lot of bugs. Bugs. <laughs> <laughs> lime jello. 
I can only say three times. One was a whole audience of children in masks, so you couldn't <laughs> see what they were thinking or doing. And the other, like David and Jenny said, was a very old, you know, very elderly who really some were just not there quite. And then this was the other one. So that's only three times in 30 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'll give you, since we, we, we're we running the gamut from children to seniors, I recently did a seniors, uh, 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 and it was a, an extended living. And so nobody told me anything. I just thought it was people who had decided that they wanted to um, just, you know, go someplace where they would have right. all of the, you know, the chores taken care of. And so the next day, I got this nasty uh, email from the agent that the uh, co- coordinator told me I was picking on um, uh, people with dementia. <laughs> and I was, like, horrified. And I, I wrote back, who had dementia? <laughs> Excuse me. I said, no, but nobody told me that anybody might have dementia. I just thought this one individual just didn't like my act. <laughs> so I asked them, kept asking them, you know, why they weren't responding. And uh, so so um, that's why I, I maybe I'm still sensitive from that event where I just asked the wrong person the wrong questions and just received a blank stare. Hmm. So you just never know. <laughs> Learn. Well, I'm going to ring yeah. off goodbye, ladies and gentlemen. Have a thank wonderful day. Thank you, Val. Thank you, Silly Hello. Goose. Thank you. Bye, Val. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Mwah, 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 mwah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're really birds of a feather. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Two of well, a kind. Uh, I have some right. uh, some great, great stuff that, uh, again, I just, as I went through album, and I know you sent me a few things that you were, you know, had that were your favorite. And we always get want to get to one point. Patricia, you talked a little bit about it, but I love to talk about writing. And this song, just, I love it. And and maybe you can explain, because I didn't understand all of the authors that you mentioned here. But this is just, uh, again, so creative and so different from a lot of things that we've heard. So here we are, two of a kind, playing author, author. At the party of Dr. Seuss. Crazy characters all got loose. Sam, I am, and those two stubborn zacks danced with the teachers and the old Lorax. The Grinch almost sat on a tiny boot, but he was stopped by Horton and Bartholomew. And everyone had a wonderful time, cause oh how the cat could rhyme. There was a great uproar for the great author. They celebrated all night. When it comes to writing, he sure got it right At the party of Ezra Jack Keith Peter and Willie shared a bowl of sweets Jenny arrived in her fancy new hat And they all had fun in the upstairs flat Guests came in from all over the city And the snow outside made everything pretty Peter entertained by whistling a tune And the party ended too soon There was a great uproar For the great author They celebrated all night Cause when it comes to writing He sure got it right At Don Freeman's celebration 
animals came from all over the nation. Corduroy rolled in in a laundry cart. Norman the doorman showed his brand new art. Everyone gave a great big roar when they saw the tricks of Barrymore. Dandelion wore a brand new suit and everyone looked cute. There was a great uproar for the great uproar. They celebrated all night. Cause when it comes to writing, he sure got it right. the party of Susan Madaw, Martha the dog came to lend a paw, Cinderella's rat came for a bite, but the beast had eaten everything in sight, Martha the dog talked on and on, as the hog family played out on the lawn, with good friends around, both large and small, it was the best place of all, there was a great uproar, for the great uproar. They celebrated all night Cause when it comes to writing She sure got it right At Dave Pilkey's strange affair The dumb bunnies came in their underwear But of course they weren't the only ones Cause Captain Underpants wouldn't be outdone Dogzilla and Cat Kong had just got A giant robot like Ricky Ricotta Halloweener was everybody's hero, so there was nothing to fear. Oh, there was a great uproar for the great uproar. They celebrated all night. Cause when it comes to writing, he sure got it right. Cause when it comes to writing, they sure got it right. Wow. Yeah, bravissimo. Wow. Thank you. Patricia, you may want to uh, go in on this one. Yeah, I uh, had never heard that song, but the first thing that sprang to mind is it reminded me of Tom Chapin's library song, where he he mentions a lot of uh, book characters and things. Can you talk a little bit about your influences in children's music, um, both as a writer and a performer? And, um, yeah, and the other two-part question is why you would write in so many different genres, which I love. But what, can you speak to those two issues? Sure. So, um, well, uh, you mentioned Tom Chapin. He's definitely one of our uh, heroes in uh, the world of children's music. Um, I think first and foremost, Pete Seeger, because really when we were growing up, that was one of the only people who there was to, to look up to for quite a long time. Um, and I grew up on Pete Seeger's music, you know, for adults and for children. Uh, you know, the album Free to Be You and Me was very important, I think, to both of us mm-hmm. in lots of ways. Um, and uh, other people, you know, more in the generation of, of, of Tom Chapin that we've always looked up to are uh, Bill Harley and John McCutcheon. And, you know, one thing that's been so wonderful about this organization we keep coming back to is that through CMN we've gotten to meet a lot of these people. In fact, all the people I just mentioned. Well, I will, I will tell you that also David is a collector of music of all different kinds. I know that because we have so many CDs in our house um, and a full iTunes mm-hmm. days and days, months of iTunes. Um, anyway, he's and both of us have been listening to all different kinds of music Obviously, the Beatles was a big influence, and all kinds of different rock and roll, 
uh, all kinds of things, yeah, punk, everything. new wave, yeah. everything. So, and, you know, one thing about the genres is that um, I think it's Bill Harley that said that one of the best things about being a musician for kids or for families is that it's really the only genre that's not a genre um, because it's not defined by any style characteristics. It's defined by the fact that you're making music for and with young people. Yeah. Uh, that allows you the freedom to, you know, do a high life j- jive song and then a reggae song and then a punk song and then a you know a bluegrass song and you know there's no limits and I I think you know a number of us in this musical world are are drawn to music with children partly because of that freedom to you know make any kind of music that we want. Absolutely. Yeah, and and earlier one of one song I forget which one now there was definitely a ragtime um, element to it. Oh, the the world is not your garbage can has yeah kind of a yeah ragtime. yeah 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 just just fabulous. I, but, I also love you know you're exposing is you know and Patricia you do the same thing. I mean one one second it'll be a Latin influence and then. Yeah, uh, you know, then then you know, rock, and then you know, all the way through. Right, right. Well, you know, part of our part of my mission. I don't want to speak for the entire group, but one of the things that I like to do is to again model and educate. So you want to expose children to as much of different to as many different genres of music as possible because. You know, if they're just paying attention to popular culture, then that's all they're going to get. It's like eating one kind of food. You wouldn't feed your kid just one kind of food all the time. You want them to be adventurous. You want them to experience the world and to experience all different flavors and kinds of people. So why not blues and jazz and folk and world and um, hip-hop and all that? You know, it's, it's all tasty. Exactly. Now, what was the uh, motivation? I haven't heard any operatic children's, children's kids. I have not heard any operatic children's songs, and I'm very disappointed. Opera, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there there are there are definitely operatic things for kids. Not that we've yeah. done them. But we're, we yeah, we don't quite have the chops for that ourselves. So. <laughs> and so that's that's your homework assignment. Ah. <laughs> ah. And within operas, there's there's you know there are small children's choruses in a lot of different operas, certainly. Yeah. So they do sing. Oh, well, Maybe. You know, I, I imagine if, what do you think, if kids would like, par, you know, the um, Pirates of Penzance and, and that kind of, uh, Gilbert yeah. and Sullivan. Yeah, yeah. Operetta. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know what, there's a great book. It's called Bantam of the Opera. And it's about a rooster who falls in love with opera. <laughs> and Bantam of the Opera. Okay. I'm Rigoletto. For you to introduce kids to opera, so we recommend that one. Well, you know, um, Enzo, you just reminded me that one of the uh, residencies that I was asked to do was to write an operetta with children. And really? uh, what story, and I don't want to get into it here, but um, you just reminded me of that, that certainly children can write opera and sing opera. Mm. Well, yeah. now Actually, I want to know what was the inspiration for author author. Well, you know, as we mentioned before, we do a lot of performing at libraries and and also at schools, where sometimes we're focusing on um, reading book literacy kinds of themes. 
So we have a whole slew of songs that are about various aspects of, of books, and that one we wanted to focus on the people who create books for us to enjoy. Uh, and that song has a lot of verses to it uh, beyond the ones that are on that particular recording. So we're always adding verses to songs like that. And we've also helped kids write verses to that song. And we're big fans of books. We are always reading or listening to books. And, and, so, and, we, and we talk about the different characters in books. And David was thinking about, wouldn't it be really fun if you had a party and all of the authors, you know, all, all the, the characters. characters from one author came and had a party? So yeah. that was the idea for the song list. Well, it's, it's fabulous. I mean, it's so well written and, and crafted. Uh, and what, some of the authors I'm not familiar with. Of course, Dr. Seuss let it off, but who, you went into Keith, who was it, Keats? Oh. Um, Ezra Jack Keats is the author of uh, one of his most famous books is The Snowy Day. Um, you would probably recognize them if you saw them. They often have okay. a very you know, urban kind of feel. Um, a lot of the characters are African-American. They've been around for quite a while, most of those books, but um, beautiful illustrations. Um, and then I think we had a verse about Susan Madaw, who wrote a series of books about Martha, a dog that talks after eating some alphabet soup and the letters go up to her brain instead of down to her stomach. <laughs> I made that into a TV series. I've never seen the TV series. And the last one I is thought Dave, so, yeah. yeah. The last one's Dave Pilkey, who wrote the Captain Underpants series and some other irreverent yeah. books for kids. Yeah. So, but like, we've got all sorts of different ones. So, you know, those were mostly. Uh, younger ages, um, although some Dave Pilkey ones get up to kind of early chapter book, but we have verses about E.B. White and Tolkien and Bruce Coville oh, for older kids. Okay, who's, cool. Yeah, we make cool. our audience. Well, you know, again, why don't you, we want, you know, one of, one of my passions is to let children understand the power of writing and journaling and to go that route to discover what's inside them and to express it, and it will take them to places that right now is probably unimaginable to them. Uh, I know it is to me when I write. You just enter this crazy world. So why don't you talk a little bit about that with your own writing and what you, you know, and why you would tell children to write. Uh-huh. Well, you know, we love writing songs. We don't do it as regularly or as uh, studiously as we should sometimes, but we love doing it. And, you know, it's often interesting to think about for ourselves how writing songs for adults and writing songs for kids is different. Um, we definitely don't think it takes any less work or that you don't want any less quality uh, result. But there is a difference to the way we approach it. And, you know, um, part of it is thinking about, I think in our writing for kids, we want to be a little bit more clear and a little bit more direct in approaching a subject, whatever that subject is. Um, you know, a, a lot of irony and, and things is not really so much appropriate for little, little kids because they're, they're just going to miss that. Although sometimes songs with two levels are a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of, you know, Disney does that all the time where there's a level of it that yep. appeals to the kids and a level that appeals to the adults. Um, but, you know, some of our writing for adults is more political or, you know, we don't, we, we, we have a lot of social issues in our music for kids, but we're certainly not going to get into partisan politics or anything like that. Um, so, you know, there's, there are definitely some divisions. Um, in terms of writing, uh, encouraging children to write, like Patricia was saying, she's done this kind of thing as well. 
uh, we often will have these projects where we go into schools and we help kids write their own songs. And usually we do it as a group process because it's, it's, we don't have time to have each individual kid work on their own song in that situation. But we'll do a song with a group, and they will create the lyrics, they will create the music as well, and then perform it. And it's a really exciting process, and, and we've gotten some great songs out of that process as well. Yeah, some, some of the songs that kids have written during our uh, artist residencies have become part of our regular repertoire, and some of them we've even recorded on our CDs. And and part of that is just because they're really good songs, and part of that is also because we want to use spreading those songs that kids write as a way of encouraging more kids to think about being creators of music and not just consumers or interpreters of other people's music. And, and speaking yep. of process, could you, could you two speak a little bit more about what it is like to work together as collaborators in writing a song? Does one of you write the music and the other the words? Or how do you, how do you two write together? It's very varied, actually. And, you know, and sometimes we'll write songs independent of each other. But when we work on one together, sometimes one of us is the primary songwriter, and then we'll bring it to the other one and get some help. Sometimes we're truly collaborating from the beginning. Um, it's really nice to be able to bounce ideas off of each other and, you know, to have that, you know, like if, if one of us is stuck, there's somebody we can go to. Now, of course, people could do that with somebody they're not working with all the time and right. co-write with other people, and we've done that a little teeny bit, um, which was fun too. But, you know, I, I feel lucky, you know, that right in our house I can sometimes <laughs> just go downstairs and say, Jenny, I'm stuck on this. Can you listen to this? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, we have different backgrounds. I mean, David went to Oberlin Conservatory of Music and got a composition degree and I did not I was in the college there, that's where we met. And um I always sang and danced and did those kinds of things, played piano more informally. I mean I took some lessons and things, but I never had all the theory background or anything like that. So so you approach things more I approach things more intuitively. Yeah. I don't necessarily think about, you know, the core, all the different chords that I'm trying to do and the progression and things like that. So we write in a, a slightly different kind of way. So it's it's interesting then to work with each other and, and we can kind of be complementary in that way. And yeah. do you start with the idea or words or music or how do you approach it? It, um, we often start with the words, although not always. And in our work with kids doing songwriting, um, we almost always have the kids start with the words because sometimes that's at the same time. sometimes at the same time. But but um, but rarely do we start with the music, and that's pretty much true of us too. Occasionally, one of us will have a musical idea first, and then we'll we'll do it. I love it when songs come out both the words and the music together, which seems to happen to me, especially in the shower. <laughs> yeah, everybody talks about that. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Or in the car. Do you ever write in the car? In the car? Sometimes. Sometimes. We just wrote a song where um, we were visiting some cousins and who had kids who were playing instruments and stuff, and we did this whole jamming with them, and they were really into some pop stuff, Imagine Dragons, and, and we were noticing that a lot of these pop songs have these chord progressions, the same chord progression that will go through the whole song. 
And I said, you know what, David, it might be kind of interesting to just come up with a chord progression and kind of a beat, and let's write to that. And so we did that, and we just uh, wrote a song recently about trees. Can we do that for you? Yeah. Oh, great. That's right. We were going to do live today. Fantastic. Please. We don't have this on a recording yet, but... um, It's brand new. Very new. One of our sons is a really big fan of trees. In fact, he may um, go into something related to trees as a profession in in science. And... um, he had been bugging us for a while, you know, why don't you have a song about trees? you got all these environmental songs, a lot about animals and stuff, but you don't have a song about trees. So we wrote this song. And he loves trees so much that sometimes he actually hugs trees. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so this is nice. our tree hugger. Feel free to sing along. <laughs> Hopefully this will sound okay coming through the phone. It goes like this. Yeah. I'm a tree hugger, baby. I love trees. Changing with the seasons, swaying in the breeze. I'm a tree hugger, baby. I love trees. Changing with the seasons, swaying in the breeze. I find a great spot in the shade of a tree. I lean against the trunk and it comforts me. I pick myself an apple, juicy and sweet. The squirrels gather nuts and together we Because, yeah, I've been doing um, 
stand-up comedy for years and speaking, etc. And it's so hard, um, you know, to stand-up is like, of all the crazy things I've done in my lifetime, it is the most terrifying and the most difficult, not only to create material, but especially to hone the material, because you just can't do it, you know, in a studio. You have to take it out, and you have to time it, and blah, blah, blah. And so all of a sudden, you know, I find myself now... Uh, because I have been going into the studio and I want to come up with something different every week to record, I'm in the most creative um, time of my life. And you guys have been creating for so long. It, it doesn't. What's it feel like to come up with something as brilliant as that now? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what has been really. It's been really fun. Now that, now that they're old and, and senile, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very. Very complimentary. Um, we've been actually trying that out. We've been doing that out in our performances, and we've been getting a really great response. So it, it makes us feel really good. Yeah. Some some songs, you know, we'll, we'll write and we'll feel pretty good about them, uh, and we just never quite find a way to perform them live. Like we might put them on a recording but not, not actually do them uh, in concerts because they just don't seem to be satisfying to us that way. Um, but other ones will do for a while live before we record them, and that's more common, you know, and, and record them because we like doing them live. So it's, it's a variety. But it, there's nothing, uh, there's almost nothing more satisfying to us in our creative life than finishing a song that we feel really good about. It, um, it, it's just, you know, there, there's something particularly, I guess because it's a thing that'll be around, you know, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it becomes, you know, and Patricia, you must sense this all, all the time, is that it's almost like giving birth, you know, you, you've created this, this has come out of you, and, and um, you know, there's no other way to describe it, it's either come through you or out of you, whatever, but it is now in existence, and, and, it, and it came from, the, you know, yourselves, and it's there, and it's your baby. Absolutely, that's exactly how I feel. Although, uh, if you recall, Tom, a couple episodes back, we were talking to Dave Canoyne, and he was saying the opposite. He was saying that he doesn't feel like he's paneling or I you know. know. <laughs> I know, and it was funny because right after he, he was, he, he you know, I, I wanted to ask Dave. God bless him for you know his his uh, his approach, and I've heard others say that as well. And I, w I wanted to ask him, could you please write the book on how you do that? <laughs> well, it's been written. I mean, many books have been written about things like that. Um, yeah, Dave is a real craftsman. He just sits down and he works and he works and he works. A lot of his um, music is on commission, written on commission. But I think many of us, um, and David and Jenny, you can either corroborate with this or, or, or not, um, really feel that we've been given a gift and that... Mm -hmm. Writing our songs, we're kind of in a zone, and we know pretty much right away once it's done whether we feel happy and satisfied and, yeah, this is, this is going to fly, or, yeah, you know, this is not so good, maybe it needs more work, and maybe I, it just will never see the light of day. Uh, do you feel that way? Yeah, definitely, and, and, and also in terms of the process, some songs we struggle over for a long time, and in the end we may feel really good about them, but there's other songs that just kind of come out Yep. relatively 
quickly. And this, this, this tree hugger one was one of the quicker ones. But it, it doesn't, just the, whether we struggle over it or whether it, the birth is easy, um, it, it, it doesn't always determine whether the end result will be, you know, better or worse. It, it's just that different songs require different things. But, you know, also in our work with kids, when, when kids have worked together and created a song that they all feel really excited about, it's just, it, it, you know, there's this just palpable energy in the air, like, wow, we did something really cool. Yeah, it's a very uh, that I love that. And then you, if you record them afterwards, they they want to hear it back over and over and over again. They want to hear their creations sung by them. Yeah. Many, many yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, we I just attended. Live. Liz Buchanan invited me to a concert. She had been working uh, with a school program for a year, and uh, she, I think, taught five classes you know, one through five, or maybe even more. And, you know, I got to hear the concert with all of these amazing songs that the kids created. I was just blown away by, you know, and I laughed. I mean, I was there with my camera, and I, a lot of, some of you may have seen them. I posted on the CMN um, a forum, and I said to her afterwards, I said, you know, you just spent a year, but you just got a new album. And she just kind of smiled. But, I mean, this the stuff was absolutely brilliant that these kids took part of. And what I love that what you all do is you teach them to write as a group and teach them the power of all of those minds working together to, on one particular yeah. project to create. Yeah, it's not just we're, – we're not just teaching songwriting. We're te- teaching cooperation and collaboration and learning to listen to each other and to be um, discriminating about, you know, rhyme and choosing words. Um, and, and I really do feel, and Jenny and David, you can say what you want about this, is that when we are finished writing a song and they do go out into the world, it is just like having your children go off to college or something because not only do you lose, and I put these, this word in quotes, not only do you lose control over it, but they take on a life of their own, and they travel far and wide, and other people, you know, uh, record them, perform them, have their own relationship with our songs. It's quite thrilling. Don't you agree, or yes, do you not agree? I, I was thinking the exact same thing when the birth image first came up, that, that idea that, you know, they go out in the world and do things separate from you. And, um, you know, it's really interesting, like one, one song of ours that, has been recorded by more people than any other is a song we wrote called Love Makes a Family. And um, a couple people have done that out on the West Coast. The first was Michael Stern, and the second was Betsy Rose. And they totally transformed the song. I mean, it's like, it's our basic song, but even like the melody and stuff is, is different. And there's a whole bunch of people who've learned it from that, that those versions that would be kind of surprised to hear our original because... It, it, it is a really different song. It's a little bit like what happened with Fred Small's Everything Possible when the flirtations rearranged it, you know. Um, so, um, you know, people learn a different version and it goes out there that way. And I think that's really cool. I know some songwriters who are very possessive of their songs and don't like it when their songs get changed and we're not really in that category. You know, we could prefer our version if, of certain things, but I still think it's cool when they get transformed. Yeah, it's, it's an honor if somebody likes your song enough that they want to learn it and totally perform yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But, you know, I remember this discussion on the listserv, and, and my only objection to somebody changing my songs, if they're recorded or performing, is if they change the content and the meaning of the song. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, if they're not in the spirit of what you 
wanted that would be a problem. But, you know, especially musical changes, I think that's really uh, um, uh, open to the, kind of the sky's the limit. The other thing that you don't realize, too, is how your songs are going to affect different people. And, and we've been fortunate enough to hear some stories from people about how some of our songs have affected them in their lives, and, and that's always really cool, too. I mean, we had this one family wrote to us, we wrote this song called Stop, Drop, and Roll about fire safety. And this woman wrote us an email and said, my husband is is always panicky in, in a bad situation, and he got caught on fire, and he was, like, panicking, running wow. around, not knowing to do. And then your song just came through his head, and, and so he wow. stopped, dropped, and he rolled, and he <laughs> saved his life, you know. And we were like, wow, that's really cool. Well, I think of what amazing, as I say, you know, what, you know, I've just been exposed to children's music now since we started the show, you know, Enzo and I started the show about three, three and a half months ago, and I'm just blown away by the fact that on a given day I open my eyes and there's a tune from somebody in my mm-hmm. head, and so it's a very powerful thing yes. that you are all involved with. Yes, well, you know, Roger Miller was the one, I think it was him, who said, if you want to change the world, sing to children. Because I think if you get a a person young enough with, um, you know, beautiful melodies or fun melodies and fun ideas and important values, um, that can really change their lives. And even with adults, as you know, and as this gentleman who called himself on fire (laughs) knows, it can absolutely change your life. I know music has changed mine. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, you know, you know and I think of. Go ahead, Dave. I was just gonna say, you know, it, it gets into a different part of you. I think, you know, a different part of your brain, you know, in terms of the information, but also, you know, it, it, it has the power to to really affect you emotionally in a way that's different from anything else. And um, so I think when when we hear these inspiring stories through songs about people making a difference, it, it, it somehow it just has a, a different kind of an effect. Yeah. Well, I think that's what we do as artists. I mean, I remember being on this quest, you know, that things came to me and altered my life and moved me in different directions. And uh, when I, just, you know, got involved with animation and I watched Ratatouille and I was just amazed uh, watching that with the lighting and the, the, not only the story itself, but especially the the way they approached the whole animation. It reminded me of the early days of Disney with Snow White and Pinocchio and all of those fantastic, um, you know, artistry. I mean, it was only after I went to Europe and sat down and watched Masters for, for months. And uh, Enzo, you, of course, come from Europe, and you did that same kind of tour, didn't you, for a year? And, and went to all the museums. You don't have to go very far when you're in Italy to see any of that. You know, it's it's everywhere. It's it's so much a part, so much more a part of the culture than here. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, and you get. And what what I learned was that by sitting in front of a painting for five or ten minutes, as opposed to oh, okay, boom, boom, it just would you know you would just get these feelings. And they interviewed the both the restaurateur, which they went to that particular restaurant to learn all of the movements and all of the mechanics of what went on in a restaurant. And they also interviewed the animator, and they asked both of them, what was your intention? What are you trying to do as a restaurateur, as a chef, 
what are you trying to do as an animator? And both of them gave the exact same answer in two different locations at two different times. And they said, we're trying to make an emotional connection that will give the viewer or the, or the patron a feeling that only we can give them. And Absolutely. that's what all of you do. Well, Enzo, you know, talk, going back to opera, I once, I once went to China, and, and I'm Chinese, but I don't speak Chinese and I don't understand it, and I went to see a Chinese opera. And, ah, sure. Yeah, this is the power of music and uh, visual art, food, I guess. You don't even need language. You don't even need to understand it. Right. And, and this, this opera was so beautiful, the music and the, and the set and the movement. I, I, was, I wept. I just was weeping. I didn't even know what the thing was about. I, I had no idea what the plot was, never heard about it, but I was just weeping and weeping because the music and opera moved me so much, the, the opera. Um, the, that's power. Of course it is, and nothing, I don't think anything does it like art, and that's why I'm so passionate about what we're doing here on the show and giving this as a platform and a forum for people to understand, especially for, you know, the parents who are listening and the educators who are listening, because, you know, what I see go in going, because I do speak to inner city schools and I visit them, and I see what you do is so different from the way other uh, avenues of education you know education is a top-down and the way that system is established now it's a top-down push the curriculum into the kids heads whether they like it or not whether it's going to be uh, apropos for them or not whether it's going to have any meaning for them or not and then you come in and you take this whole thing okay let's find out what's inside of us Let's all work together. Let's play. Let's, you know, uh, communicate. Let's collaborate. Let's create. It's just in, in the schools, the, from the more I get into this, it's the schools that do and, and incorporate that that excel. Yeah, no question. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, at, at the same time as we realize that more and more, music is being cut from the schools more and more. So yeah, that's what I say every week. It's a bigger peeve of mine. First thing to go is music and no art and no singing, uh, no no anything, and it's just to save money because they have to. It's uh, the, the world we live in now, but it uh, kills me that the first. But it should thing be the other is, way. It should be uh, let's cut out something else because this is so. Yeah, I mean, imp- go ahead. Uh, well, uh, there's, been, it, there's been just so many things done to to so many studies done that that clearly show that. Uh, Kids who are exposed to uh, uh, the arts, uh, singing and dancing, painting, uh, whatever, uh, do so much better on later on in life. They do so much better uh, uh, in their quality of life than and, and, and in just about every aspect of their life uh, because of uh, this background, at least being exposed at an early age, uh, at least to the point where they're able then to to then uh, find what they like the best and 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 grab grab onto it. But, uh, but the first thing to go is the music and lots. It's, uh, it's sad, 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 yeah. sad. Well, you know, Dave and Jenny, you created a song um, that kind of touches on this. Let's let's play it, and we'll uh, we'll talk about it. Some folks are good at making you laugh. Some folks are good at making you laugh. 
standardized test.
<laughs> there you have it, because it's all top-down, because it is such a bureaucracy, because they're trying to placate what, you know, society or the government or somebody else says, and they're missing it, you know I mean? So it is, it's a, it's a tragedy, and that's why, again, I love this forum, because when you do, when you see, I mean, the school that I went to was a little local school here in South Boston, and when I went in there, you could just feel the whole energy of that school as opposed to the other schools I visit. I mean, it was just alive because yeah. there was were such curriculum as um, as music, and uh, so you know, it's 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 fabulous what what, um, what we're doing, and and to let kids know that okay, maybe you're not going to be a scientist. Fantastic, maybe you will be this great singer entertainer and make an, an amazing impact the way that you guys do every day. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're all in agreement about that. It's a, and that that idea that we you know the education policy is being made by you know business people instead of educators. I think is the at the root of the problem. Of course um, it is. Well, I've got the perfect song here. Uh, now I'm in the nut house, my brain is in a rut My keeper says I'm crazy, but he's just off his nut I'm just as sane as you are, and I can prove it too Cause when you hear my lullaby, you'll know I'm not cuckoo I was born one night in the morning when the whistles rang boom boom I can bake a steak, I can boil a cake when the mud pies are in bloom. If six and six are nine, does ice come from a mine? Is Uncle Joe an Eskimo and pork from porcupine? Oh, a horse and cow can bark meow and goldfish love to sing. I saw a frog swim up a log and he fell and broke his wing. I know an ostrich has no chest, and grandma never wears a vest. Elephants fly to their nest, my country is a vow. <laughs> I like Still that crazy, very okay. much. <laughs> <laughs> The weird extra track of sound effects for my friend Bruce on the comment. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way this album ends. He <laughs> came over to our house and he started like he took his his trombone apart and you started making all these really weird sounds with it. And we're I like, said, you've got to do that on our album. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you write that song? No, that actually, that has a funny story to it, though. That is an old camp song that my grandpa, George Heitler, uh, learned as a kid. And he always used to sing it to us kids when, you know, well, at any time, because he'll yeah. sing all, all the time. <laughs> on the he is a wonderful a person and singer, and uh, he is still alive and kicking at 98, plays tennis, oh, sings, fabulous. Fossil, oh, Paul Robeson-inspired voice, 
And so he's the one who taught us that song. And I always wanted to put it on a kid's album because it's just so crazy and, uh, and fun. Then yeah, I put that out on the CMN uh, email list that we've referred to a number of times and asked if people knew where it came from. And people sent in all these really weird lyrics that were awful. Like, really, I mean, like, apparently some of the versions of it are very morbid. And um, I was <laughs> lucky and glad that, that my grandfather had selectively remembered the parts that were more fun. <laughs> you know, one thing I'm curious about, go ahead, Patricia, you have something? No, I just said I, I must have missed that posting because I, I didn't remember that. It was yeah. a while ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, again, you guys are so seamless. I mean, it's hard to remember when you get, because because of the lyrics, because of the music, because of the instrumentation, you get lost in later. Um, it, this is the problem I had last night. I say, there's really two people here, because it doesn't <laughs> seem like two people. <laughs> I mean, well, have you heard that before? Uh, I guess so, yeah. I mean, we... we we love singing together, and uh, and we love singing as a quartet with our sons too. Um, but uh, get to do that less often these days. But but yeah, we feel pretty lucky as a family, and uh, you know it's been a lot of fun for all these years to make music with other people's families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, now I have a feeling that on some of the songs I was listening to last night that I don't know if you did this intentionally or not, but um, I'll just get to the point. You sounded like the Fleetwoods. Do you remember that great group from the oh, 50s? Oh, I love it. No, that's not who you, This is a Fleetwood. You're, you're showing a different era, Teddy. No, it was not intentional. <laughs> okay. But what but a fabulous. I, I cannot believe that that group did not make it to superstardom. They were just the forebearers of the people like the Carpenters and everything else. They were just had a such a unique and beautiful and pleasing uh, sound. Oh, you're not referring to Fleetwood Mac. No, he's no, no, no. The um, remember the I'm Mr. Blue. No. And oh, Mr. Blue. (laughs) They were very, very mellow. Um, They only had three or four hits, but they're they're just if you listen to any fifty station, I'll have to uh, to download them uh, sometime and play them on the show because they they're just uh, unique. But no, not Fleetwood Mac. It was the Fleetwoods, and uh, just uh, and I, yeah, because of your harmonies, it reminded me of that. Well, thank you. We will definitely yeah. take that as a compliment. I thought the content of it was more weaverish. Yeah. Yeah. The content yeah. of the songs more like weavers. Yeah. Well, we uh, definitely grew up on the weavers and and Pete Seeger mm. in, in my family, and that was definitely a big influence and. You know, this year, with the loss of, of Pete Seeger, we've been mm. thinking a lot about and singing a lot of songs that we learned from Pete or that he wrote. And uh, we're going to like we gonna have a tribute to Pete Seeger and Faith Petrick at the, the CMN conference mm. in the fall. Mm. Great. Great. Well, I'd like to close the show out. We'll do one more. And it's been so fantastic. Uh, this is really... The, the energy that uh, all of you put together is just, let, you know, it makes these shows. I'm so glad that these shows are podcasts and will be around for a long, long, long time because they really are a treasure, treasure chest uh, for anybody from not only the children but the parents, the educators, and especially what a great forum for um, somebody who is either wants to be a musician, a songwriter, 
uh, creative in any way to come here and hear these great minds talk about how you create. I mean, it, it's, where else do you get this? I mean, it's just, just phenomenal. Well, we really appreciate you having us on. It's, yeah, it's thank you. really fun to hang out with you guys virtually. <laughs> and, and this is a totally, this is so summer, uh, this song, and it's, it takes on such a beautiful and shows the, the breadth and width of what you guys do. It's, uh, let's, well, we'll go right into it. Okay, everyone. Okay, so long, guns go. The coconut trees are standing by the water. Hundreds of roots go deep into the sand. The trees hold on through the crushing waves. Bending with the wind together they stand. When disaster came, everything changed in a blink of an eye. The world was real. That was the song that told me that, uh, you know, that you guys 
you know, had had that same kind of. Uh... Oh, here we go. Let me see if we can get it. Here we go. There's another song. Before my time. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, very... you could say, first song you started to play, I, I grew up on that one more than the, the, I didn't know the Bluebird one so much, but the, yeah. Uh, very quickly, could I ask you, Jenny and David, that last song about the coconut tree, was that in response to Haiti? Or an, uh, uh, actually, I wrote it after the Indonesian tsunami. Um, oh. I, I was looking at this magazine, and they were talking about the coconut trees and how when there was, like, a whole group of them and they had their all their roots going down and intertwined and everything, that it was a buffer, and, it, and, they, and more of them were able to stay up during these big, hor- horrible storms. So that was, that was what I was thinking. I was thinking about how, you know, if we work together as a community, not only can we rebuild Beautiful. after these but, you know, it, it makes us all stronger. And what album that, is that on? That's on our most recent CD, which is called Sing Me Your Story. Um, and uh, that actually is a song that Jenny didn't originally write for kids. She wrote it, um, and we did it with our adult group called Acoustic Blender. And they are kind of guests on a couple tracks on that album, including that one. Yeah, so some of the additional voices that you heard were the other couple members of, of that group. Wonderful, wonderful song. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we have, we've got 30 seconds before they cut us off here, and i got to say, <laughs> that was two hours, folks, and that was, for me, just uh, totally engaging and absorbing the whole time, and I learned so much every single time that we do one of these. So i got to thank you so much, and everybody have a great Fourth of July weekend that's still left to come. Patricia, thank you so much for jumping in here as the guest host, and David Thank and Jenny, you're fabulous. Thank you so much. Yeah, Thanks bye, for having everybody. us. It was great hanging out with you for a couple hours. Yep. Bye, All right, everybody. take care. Bye. Right. Bye-bye. Bye.